Hello, do you see what I see, listeners? Tian here. Just wanted to let you all know that the following episode is going to be a little different from what you can expect out of our usual programming. It's Do You See What I See's first ever episode, so we're laying down the foundation with a little bit of a letter to you, our listeners. Enjoy. You're listening to Do You See What I See, a podcast about turning anything into art. I'm Tian Nguyen, and on today's episode, we're exploring the beginnings of works of art. What does it mean to lay a foundation? When we sit down in front of a canvas, or a computer, or in a lab, or even in a gym, and we mean to start something, how do we do it? Most times, we can't just launch ourselves into it. Imagine building a house without going off of a design, or going into a sports match with no game plan or understanding of technique or skill. Yeah, you can do it, but I definitely wouldn't advocate it. And in the painter's world, and more specifically, the oil and acrylic painter's world, we'll often lay down what's called an underpainting. In art, an underpainting is an initial layer of paint applied to a ground, which serves as a base for subsequent layers of paint. Underpaintings are often monochromatic and help to define color values for later painting. Underpainting gets its name because it is painting that is intended to be painted over. Now I can't say that everyone's had this experience, but if you're involved in visual arts in a community setting, whether you're in an art class at your school or university, or if you're part of a professional studio or community class, you may have seen a canvas painted entirely one color. And a lot of us would think, hmm, I wonder why they're doing that. And one of the first times I really got to see an underpainting was in high school. There was this elusive senior girl who would always come in during her lunch period, which was the same time as my art class. She was doing a painting based off of a photo, and the entire thing was purple. At first, I was wondering, okay, so she's just painting purple children. Maybe that's what she's into. I'm not going to judge. But when she began painting on top of that, with realistic colors that change the painting to look like the photo, I was stumped. Now, Mrs. Parenti, don't worry, I was definitely still paying attention in class and doing my work, but I was too intrigued. I just had to know why she spent a whole month painting her canvas purple, only to slap another painting on top of it. So I asked her, what's an underpainting? I'm wiping out a brown glaze 
on a grey canvas, which is the kind of thing Rembrandt would have used for a quick sketch. Uh, all painters stimulate their imagination by various means, and this is one of them. But this is an easy way in which to produce a, a form and colour and scumble and glaze all in the one operation. This is Tom Keating. Tom has been called by Forbes magazine one of the greatest art forgers in the 20th century. He is an English art restorer and has claimed to fake more than 2,000 paintings by over 100 artists. In this video, he's explaining the painting techniques of Renoir and how he laid down his underpaintings. By painting definitions, underpaintings are mostly found in oil and acrylic paintings. And I don't want to make underpainting sound reductive. There are dozens of common underpainting methods, and they all serve different functions. You can underpaint simply to outline, establish values and lines, and really lay out your composition. You can underpaint if you want your painting to be cool-toned. Or you can change it if you want it to be warm tone. But while underpainting has many functions, the technique just isn't feasible for other methods of painting. But what if we expanded its definition? 1. The underpainting outlines a composition or structure. When authors write novels, they have outlines of the plot. When an architect designs a house or a building, they sketch their bare-bones structures and gradually refine the details. When you're playing a badminton match, you've honed and practiced techniques and skills. Clears, smashes, drops. I would know because I was on my high school badminton team. But your physicality and your knowledge of these skills are the foundation that you need to even stand a chance of winning. What happens when you play aggressively or push a strong offense, offensive play against your opponent? That's when number two happens. The underpainting sets a tone. We have our basics. Now where do we want this to go? Think about it like uh, baking a cookie. Generally, there's a basic cookie recipe, but small touches that you can add can change the direction of the cookie entirely. Are you going to add nuts? What about chocolate? And then will it be dark chocolate? Or milk chocolate? Or even white chocolate? Which is completely different. Are you going to add lemon rinds? What about orange? What kind of ingredients will you add that can change its taste completely? It sets the tone for the result later on. Now, I know you're probably thinking, hey, Tian, this is really long-winded. Are you sure you even really know where this episode is going anymore? And I'd just like to assure you, yes, yes, I do. Because my whole point is that if we can apply underpainting to so many different facets and aspects of our lives, why can't we apply more concepts that we tend to limit exclusively to traditional visual arts? I know we rag on modern art a lot. You know, the whole 
oh, that's just a canvas with a black spot on it. I can do that. And of course, let's not forget this famous incident. Two California teenagers who recently visited the San Francisco Museum of Modern Art were less than impressed by some of the exhibits and wondered if they could do better. And thus, a scheme was hatched. They placed a pair of eyeglasses on the floor, stood back and watched as, within minutes, visitors regarded their prank as a work of art, with some even taking photos of the fake installation. Yes, that was me um, pretending that I was a TV reporter because I'm not sure if I'm um, copyright allowed to use that. But moving on, um, that was an article by Christopher Mell of the New York Times. And I'll admit, I sometimes feel the same. They made a really good point that sometimes modern art can be unimpressive and kind of ridiculous. But as confusing as modern art can be, I think it's important to go back to its overall goal. And that goal is to push the envelope on what can and can't be considered art. Throughout history, art that is contemporary for its time has very often been rejected. Just look at Fauvism. Fauvism was a style of painting that came around in the early 20th century and was popular in France. And it utilized vivid expression and implemented some impressionist styles. But most importantly, and most prominently, it used wrong and non-natural colors. People with green skin, trees that were red, skies that were pink, and the Fauvists got a nickname from this, Les Fauves, which translates from French to wild beasts. They were considered radical. They broke the molds of older traditional and well-loved impressionist painting styles, and they were criticized for it, but it gave us some of the most incredible pieces, most notably from Henri Matisse. Sabine Rewald of the Department of Modern and Contemporary Art at the Met said this of Matisse. These influences inspired him to reject traditional three-dimensional space and seek instead a new picture, space defined by the movement of color planes. If there's anything that we should take from modern art, it's what are they trying to achieve? We've reached a point where we're taking leaps and bounds to find new ways to innovate whether that's in art or food or technology. This is a sentiment that I carry with me often. What around me doesn't seem like art? And could it be? How do I define something like that? And I think that art is something that brings out a passion in you that involves work and creation and expression. So I want this to be an underpainting for you. I encourage you to look at the things that surround you in daily life. Is there a hidden gem somewhere that's just waiting to be appreciated? 
And maybe we should all be a little bit more like the fathists. Don't confine ourselves to convention. Seek a new picture. You've been listening to Do You See What I See, the podcast about turning anything into art. We're produced out of WTBU, the beat of Boston University. I'm Tian Nguyen, and thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.